Hello and welcome to episode 41 of Your Fest, the podcast that's all about music festivals. I am one of your hosts, Johnny Sharples, and I'm joined as ever and always by my mustachioed co-host, Tommy Stewart. Tommy, how are you doing? I'm very well, mate. I, I don't know if you noticed, actually, but I've got a haircut. I've ha- got a haircut. I've had a haircut. First time I've been to the barbers in a while, even though I'm very much balding on top. From Johnny's point of view, it looks quite trim, I think, and nice. But I did speak to the barber about going to Turkey to get a hair transplant, which he thinks will be about two grand. So not bad. Start saying we might have to get some sponsorship for this podcast. Tommy's hair transplant fund. Anyway, we're not here to talk about hair transplants. For anybody that's not listened before, do you want to give a brief explainer of what your fest is actually all about? Yeah, every week we get on a different guest to talk about their dream festival. They pick, have to pick three headliners. It can be any act, dead or alive. They have to pick a name, a location and days of the week for said festival. And our guest this week is the guitarist and founder member of the hugely influential band Echo and the Bunnymen. It's Will Sargent. And we're really looking forward to having Will on the podcast. And I'm sure he'll have some fascinating stories and interesting headliners to pick for his festival, Tommy. Yeah, an absolute legend, guitar legend, and one of Echo and the Bunnymen. I was given this one of their CDs by my RE teacher in year 10 in 2005 because she saw us into a bit of Joy Division and stuff. Mrs. Dobson, big up. And yeah, they are one of the greatest from the 80s and still smashing it now. So very excited. Yeah, big up Dobbo. And, uh... Dobbo! <laughs> Will also has a book called Bunny Men, a memoir that's been released on the 15th of July that you can pre-order now. But before that, we're going to listen to him pick his favourite bands for his favourite festival. Let's go. Yeehaw! Will Sargent, welcome to Your Fest and to the Your Fest Planning Committee. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, yeah. It's lovely out there today. It's lovely and sunny. But you've got me stuck in my basement, thanks. <laughs> no <laughs> one forced you into your basement. Yeah, we didn't specifically ask you to go to the basement. <laughs> well, that's where I do all my best work. Is it? What have you Is got? It... Bit? Will's got um, behind him an array of guitars. Uh I'm not going to ask you to take them through, but which is what's the best guitar that's behind you? We can currently we can see a double-headed one. Oh yeah, uh, well the best one I've got is this one. It's not behind me. Oh, the 1950s Gretsch, or it could be 1963 Gretsch Country Gentleman, as played by George you know, Harrison. I think George Harrison used to play. Is that your go-to then? Oh, it's just a dead good guitar. It plays really good. It sounds great. Never lets you down. You know, it's just a, a great guitar. You like know? you, that is, Johnny, isn't it? Sounds what? great. Never lets me down. Well, yeah, and uh, played by George Harrison as well, so... <laughs> yeah, you have, yeah. Yeah. Um, Will, uh, we've, we've got not necessarily got you here to talk specifically about guitars. We're here to talk a bit about music festivals. You must have played loads in your lifetime. I've been some... the other day. I surprised Tommy by finding out you've had you headlined Glastonbury in 1985. 80, yeah, some 86, I think it was. I just like the 85, fact that you've got, 86. Yeah, somewhere around. If, if for anybody else, that would have been the high point <laughs> of their life. It? Yeah, just uh, 86. Can you remember who else headlined that year? 
No. No. <laughs> no. You can lock it up. Lock and roll. Uh, who was it, Tommy? Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker, yeah. And the Boomtown Rats. Oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make the Boomtown Rats history. Wait, wouldn't that have been the same year as Live Aid? So that's probably when they're really trying to, you know, Bob Geldof's really trying to get them back going again, I'm, I'm imagining. Yeah, yeah. We never you, got asked. You never got What, to, to Live Aid? No. Why, why do you think that is? Because we were awkward buggers. <laughs> <laughs> we were kind of like the school of Marky e. Smith, you know what I mean? Yeah, you, couldn't imagine, you yeah. couldn't imagine the full... We've play. mellowed quite a lot. You are sorry. We've mellowed quite a lot. Yeah. Um, did you ever come across Geldof in your um, career? Probably because we had a lot of the same crew. Nice, nice guy. Wouldn't <laughs> I probably avoided him. <laughs> As I said, we were awkward. You know, we were we were in the same hotel once with the Simple Minds. And they were sat at one end of the bar, and we were sat on the other. It was in Australia. We didn't even say hello. Really. I definitely forgot about you then. Don't you forget about me. Hey. <laughs> Good. And um, the, uh, yeah, I remember we were walking down the King's Road one time and Jesus and Mary Chain were heading towards us and we were heading towards them. So we both just looked at the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was like in the 80s. Everyone hated each other. It was brilliant. It was like, bring back the hatred. The summer of hate. <laughs> we didn't like the anybody. Cure, yeah, the Cure and the Smiths famously despised one another, didn't they? Like uh, Morrissey couldn't stand them. And yeah, Morrissey. Stand Morrissey. Morrissey, Morrissey can't him. stand anything. <laughs> no, that's true. Morrissey called Pain Robert Smith. Ask that lad. <laughs> Morrissey called uh, he called Robert Smith a fat clown. I think I think that's what I remember him, him saying. But that's not very nice, is it? No, it's not nice. But yeah. what about uh, other Smiths? Do you know? Do you know Johnny Marr or any any of the other lads? Yeah, it's like I know Johnny Marr, and um, at the time, you know, we were kind of, you know, I don't know. I didn't really follow the Smiths that much, but the um, it was all coloured by McCulloch and and Morrissey sniping at each other, I suppose. So, and I was like more in the background, really. So, you know. But I get on with Johnny Marr really well now. You know, I've sort of been to his studio and stuff like that, and he's a nice fella. Have you ever had, like, uh, do you play together? No. No? I'd like to see that collaboration. I'm yeah, I don't know. We'll see. He's uh, got a great little setup in, um, it's in uh, Berry, I think it is. Right, Bury. yeah. Bury. Bury. Somewhere around there. It's like in a great big um, old mill or warehouse or something. He's got a huge floor with loads of equipment, you know. When I when I met Johnny Marr, that's it was when I was working at Five Live, and I used to write the interviews and the briefs, and that's the first time I've been properly starstruck. Like because I had posters of him when I was 15, 16. and I try I was trying to talk about guitars, um, trying to talk about like my Jaguar and my my pedals and stuff like that, but yeah. I just. You know, when you meet someone, you're starstruck and you, you feel yourself going red and you know you're shaking and going red and you're trying to get out a coherent word, but you just look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my No experience. problem here, though. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say you're not starstruck. <laughs>
<laughs> it's what yeah. is this the johnny marr appreciation society <laughs> like i like him as well you know what I'm saying? i think he'll I go guess... well that lad <laughs> he's, he's going right, good places he? isn't he no i like him the I was once at, he's quite once zen at... actually he's quite he? calm and he's very zen yeah, since I was once at Dunham Massey, like having a walk around, and my girlfriend turned to me and went, Did you just see who just ran past us? I was like, No, she went, It's jo- Johnny Marr. I was like, None of the Smiths should be going running and jogging. Oh, he's quite healthy. Yeah. yeah. Is he? He's a healthy lad. Is he, is, he, uh, is he vegan? Yeah, I think he's uh, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, I didn't get, you know, I just went around to have a look at his pedals and have a play on his guitars. You know, I didn't want the ins and outs of his life story or his his colon. You know what I mean? It's like, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Like, you know, we've all we've all had to go, haven't we? I was vegan a year ago, and then <laughs> fell off the wagon, kind of thing. It's yeah, hard. I was. It's hard. I was. Yeah, I was veggie for four years, uh, and then lockdown. Start about six weeks into lockdown. I was just like, I can't be asked, man. Like, yeah, it's Johnny, just Johnny easy, is, isn't it? but like, trying not to eat meat as much. And, um, we wear veggies, me and my missus, for like 30 odd years, you know. Really? So, and then, um, that stopped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Johnny's you're, you've been veggie for a while, haven't you, Johnny? Sorry, we're turning yeah. to off menu again. We're turning to fucking food pub. Yeah, but when's you know this festival of mine? It's it's not going to have any food thing. <laughs> too com- makes too much complication. You know what we're going to do? Are we going to go and see such and such? Or are we going to go and buy a fifteen pound sausage roll <laughs> off some greasy geezer in a hut? <laughs> you know. Um, oh wait, oh wait. You, you have no memories, obviously, of playing Glastonbury. Um, I remember playing it because I wore a leather jacket. Was it a hot day? Oh, yeah. Obviously, you weren't vegan then. No, I wasn't vegan. I was never, I've never, well, we only tried the vegan a couple of years back. Uh, But it was veggie, you know, sort of. So it wasn't like hardcore vegan kind of thing. That's like me, Doc Martens and all that. Um, Yeah, I had this leather jacket that I, uh, years and years ago, when we used to go to Eric's, I painted on a picture of um, Lou Reed and put velvets on the back and everybody used to spot me you know they told you it was me walking on in round in liverpool there's will with his velvets jacket on for my man. And, it, uh, and then i threw it away so what, what was it like playing Glastonbury then was it was it it was good but you know all them things festivals they're very like snobby it's like you know uh <laughs> i remember one we were at and um Marilyn Manson was headlining and we were all getting food and stuff and it was time for Marilyn or Brian his real name was to go on and all his all his uh, entourage came out as though it was like the friggin royal wedding or something you know just some divvy going onto the stage and he um they, they put all these tables across the the entrance to where the food was so no one could come out and disturb Marilyn as he was walking on the stage in his platform boots. And, uh, it was just dead funny. We were all jeering at him, like, you know, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> all that. And he turned around, he went, hey, guys, give us a break. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of, it is like a sort of horrible hierarchy, you know, uh, where the headliner, no one's allowed on the stage and, 
they have to clear the area. And it's like as though, you know, bloody Prince Charles has just helicoptered in or something, you know, big deal. You know, it's Coldplay, whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, well, well we were the same when we were headlining it. I wasn't. I didn't give a shit. I didn't give a monkeys about stuff like that, but, you know, other people did. Were all of um, Marilyn Manson's entourage goths? Or did he really have what? some profit? Were they all uh, goths? No, they were just greasy making... kind of, you know, normal roadies, you know, with keys on the belt and all that. They let the side down. <laughs> you know. His band were all goth up to the max, you know. But it was daytime, so it was kind of, well, it was still light anyway, so it must, you know, it was a summer thing, so it was still probably 10 o'clock or something, still light, but it looked a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. Go on, Brian. Oh, you know, whatever. He does a good show and all that stuff. You know, it eventually went dark. And, you know, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he, like, how much he kind of sticks to that character. Like, he's not going around his house like that, is he? In his no, life. I don't think so. No. no. He's just a normal Brian underneath it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might stop, I don't know. Trying to think of some sort of pajamas that might suit his. I don't know, maybe Batman. Maybe he has like some Batman pajamas and some <laughs> yeah, Batman slippers. The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. No, but yeah, let's leave Brian out of it. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be like targeted by Manson, Manson fans. <laughs> the Ma- the Mafia. You know, Mafia. Sodding, Mafia. Yeah. Whatever name is the the bird that used to have scary enough. What's yeah. her name? Um, Dita Von Tees. Yeah. Dita she can get yeah. into shape, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> is she... Wait, who is she? No, she's not. She had a thing with Russell Brand, I think, as well, didn't she? Maybe. Well, no, Robson Green. No, no. <laughs> Russell that's Brand. What, that's what oh, tore Brandy. Robson and Jerome apart. Yeah, yeah. Brando. Yeah. <laughs> Brando, yeah. Russell well, Brando. Know, I don't know anything about him. I know he's got a, a haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about it. What is what are some of your favourite festivals to play then, along with Glastonbury? And I like the little ones, the little kind of like, uh, you know, there's one called Secret Garden, which is dead nice, and uh, Kendall Calling, these sort of ones, you know, where it's it's not like a huge corporate thing. Like Glastonbury used to be great. It was very freaky, very hippified, and eventually the money men get involved and they realise they can sell a load of you know, mobile phones or whatever. And it's like the crowd's changed. It's not the same. It used to be all the weirdos. Now it's just geezers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Violent, (laughs) some of it, you know, (laughs) setting people's tents on fire and all that sort of nonsense. Yeah, so, you know, it's a bit weird now. I don't don't really... I don't venture out into the the crowd. I stay backstage most of the time. If there's something really good on that I want to see... Or it's a small festival where you can just mooch about and it's not like, you know. Like I don't get hassled by anybody or anything like that. Nobody knows who the hell I am, you know, so it's okay. That side of it, I'm not doing it because of that. It's just... Well, you're not Johnny Marr, are you? You haven't got no. weirdos like me coming no, up no. to you. I will be, though. I will be. <laughs> Working what? on my apprenticeship. I get, you know, I'll get me papers soon. I'll be, you know... What what um what's Kendall Calling like? That's one that I kind of hilly. I've always wanted to go to Kendall Calling, but I've never yeah, it's been. Good. It's good. It's um, 
It's in like a little sort of, well, when we went, I don't know whether they've moved it, but it was kind of like in a valley kind of thing, you know, so it's kind of like a sort of almost like a natural amphitheatre sort of place. Great. And, um, oh, God, we were there. And it was like, this was dead funny at the time. <laughs> Probably not funny now. But anyway, um, you know, um, what's his face? Um, Frank Sidebottom. Hello, little Frank. How are you? Oh, very well, actually. It's only cardboard. I made it myself, you know. Yes, yeah. He he died, you know, a couple of years before or whatever. And it, they had like a sort of Frank Sidebottom stall and they were selling all Frank Sidebottom related bits and bobs. And me and my mates, we like Frank Sidebottom, you know, so we headed straight to the, the Frank stall. And we're looking at all these like postcard sets and badges and all the rest of it, all the Frank stuff. And um, I put, I had a pint of beer. I put it on top. Of the table, Frank's table on a wobbly, wobbly sort of <laughs> kind of, you know, grassy knoll. And it tipped over all the Frank products. Oh, fuck. So that wasn't very good. <laughs> but, you know, so I'm just saying, sorry, Frank. Well, sorry, Frank's entourage. Oh, bless. Yeah. But um, let's see what else. Festivals. The fir- I suppose the first one I ever went to was... Um, Pink Floyd at Nebworth. Oh, wow. And they did, uh, it was round about, uh, I think it was round about Dark Side of the Moon period, something like that. And that was... Oh, yeah. 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 And that was good. But another problem there, we were in the queue. All this is in my new book coming out on July the 15th, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Got to get that in. Bunny Man, get your orders in. Pre-order now. It's doing all right, isn't it? It was number one on, on Amazon. It was for about six hours, yeah. <laughs> On the music biography section. Yeah. But, you know, number one's a number one. I'll take it. It's great. Yeah. You, and, I um, hope you got a screenshot of it. Yeah, I got a screenshot. Yeah. Uh, yeah get good. the T-shirts made next week. <laughs> and the, um, but we were, in, we were in the queue. It's me and this mate of mine called Dave Mazenko. And we went down the, to um, see Floyd, you know, at Nebworth. I'd already seen him. Saw him at the Empire in Liverpool. Well, we went down there and um, had, nobody had any money. And, you know, it had like about four quid in my pocket or something, you know. And we were starving and freezing because we hadn't brought any proper clothes or, you know, a denim Wrangler jacket and a, you know, a pair of flares or whatever. And um, it was freezing. So we queued up for to get fish and chips. There was like, it wasn't like nowadays where there's thousands of, you know, exotic foods and hog roasts and it's vegan sausage rolls, you know, all that sort of stuff. There was none of that. It was one bloke in a burger van and doing fish and chips and burgers. And the queue was like, you know, two miles long or something. So we're in this queue for three hours. Honest to God, three hours in the queue. Oh, Floyd went on. We've been in the queue for so long we stayed in the queue and we missed Pink Floyd and we'd gone all that way to see him. We just stayed in the queue. Thought, I'm, I'm not sod Floyd, Lord, I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's what we did. Oh, my God. I mean, at least you'd seen him before, right? Yeah, we saw a bit at the end, you know. There's a, they had a bit where they had this sort of like, it was like a sort of big Airfix model plane uh, on a rope that went yeah. into the stage and it's like at a given point near that bit on on dark side of the moon where the uh 
the, the plane crashes and it's all like synthesized. Yeah. That's not very good. Yeah. Floyd. That's what it did at the end. Well, we saw that bit. That's the main bit, isn't it? That's all you went for, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fish and chips. But it was a bit ropey. It was just on like this little cable going to the stadium. It's like bouncing along as it went down. <laughs> like, like something like, off Thunderbirds. <laughs> bigger. Like the first plane, the Wright Brothers plane or whatever. It's funny. But yeah, and that was my first festival. And then uh, all went downhill from there, really. What's the what's the worst festival you've been to? Um, so many. <laughs> Most of them. See, you lot, you, you've got that. You've got the exuberance of youth still in your in you. I haven't. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> the trouble is, that. I've, you know, it's without sounding too. I don't know what the word would be, but I've been there, done it, you know, a million times, and it's kind of. But I've had enough of it now. I don't want to go to another. Well, we've got our next gigs are meant to be two festivals in August. When uh, what what festivals are you supposed to? Be I don't playing? know. I don't even know. I'm not. I don't know. God knows. <laughs> hey, you know what? I did realise you're playing in Manchester on my birthday next year. Right. So you know, sort us out. When's that? Twenty fifth <laughs> of February. Okay. Yeah. Twenty. We've got to play again. Shit. <laughs> All Sorry my fingers have gone soft well. now because I can't. Pl- I haven't played for a year or something. I've done like odd little bits of dicking around, but you know when you when you're on tour, your fingers go like concrete oh, at the yeah. end, and uh, if you don't play, they go dead soft, and it's kind of it hurts when you play. Yeah, uh, I just think oh, I don't want to play the guitar; it hurts too much. I remember when I first started, like you know when you're a teenager or even in like your 20s and stuff and you're obsessed like that's all you want to do is play guitar and you have those that the per- <laughs> you don't know that no you just blagged it i just see it as a tool really it's just it's it's a tool it's like i would say to you know people go oh play us a song play a song i say well what do you do for a living i'm a plumber bend us some pipes bend us some pipes you know what i mean it's like it's you know, I enjoy it. I love it, but I love creating things. And I, and the guitar is just a tool of many things that I would use. You know, like, I'm not like I don't want to be Eric Clapton or you know, Jimi Hendrix and play it behind me back and all that stuff. I'm yeah. interested. I I want it. I use it as like trying to make interesting sounds. Really, you know. Yeah. Do you, you do you when you're on stage? You don't really kind of. You're pretty still, aren't you, on stage? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I kind of... <laughs> that's it. Well, that's you know, <laughs> years ago, years ago, if I was, you know, if I had a few pints or something, I might do a bit of moving around a touch. But, you know, I'm... I'm it's not my thing. You know, I, I'm a shoegazer, born and bred. Is, is that why it's... <laughs> I'm still imagining you in a... You and Jesus and the Mary Chain, like, uh, encountering each other in the yeah. street. Like, uh, like, that's a Jesus and Mary Chain. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, that's Echo on the Bunny Man there. That's Irish, on it? Oh, well, fair enough. And, um, <laughs> like, I'm just about to, like... the floor, uh, will you? <laughs> what is it on the, you know, like... Those, I can't do the those, Scottish accent. 
Well, don't do it then. <laughs> Imagine like on those musicals, you know, like uh, oh, yeah. Eyes and Dolls. Eyes and Dolls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or on Anchorman. When it's not, the, no, wait, it's used... not Guys and Dolls. It's West Side Story. West Side Story. That's it, yeah. Yeah, that's what I imagine, except you're all just... We, lo- like, we loved look- West Side Story. <laughs> we used to, we used to um, sing it in the girls' toilets in Eric. Did and, you? Uh, Les was... Uh, he was a jet, obviously, because when you're a jet, you're a jet all the way. <laughs> and um, probably your first cigarette to your last dying day. And he was jumping everywhere in the toilets, like, when you're a jet, you're a jet. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Look, you had to make your own entertainment in them days, all right? <laughs> God. Um, before we move on to your dream fantasy festival I just want to ask you a quick question Spice Girls have been one of the a very surprisingly popular pick now Echo and the Bunny Men and Spice Girls collaborated for the official England song for the 1998 World Cup how on earth did that collaboration come about? Likes football. <laughs> Go figure, as they say. <laughs> you know, and um, it was that World Cup malarkey, and uh, I don't know. The manager we had at the time was keen for us to do it, and Mac had this song called "Top of the World." I think he'd written it with Johnny Moore, actually, yeah. which is weird. Um, I was just a participant. It was not a lot to do with me. Like I was in a shed. I like in the video. I'm just in the sheds, like an onlooker, a curious onlooker <laughs> to the shenanigans going on outside the shed, like posh spice jumping around, and you know, it must have been so su- surreal. Like, was. Did you, I, I did, did you hang out? I did with get him? to hold the real World Cup. Fuck off! Yeah, did I got you? It's held in the real World Cup somewhere. Why? The, the one with like the sort of wings on it. Oh yeah, the old. The old one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh shit. And, uh, what were the, what were the Spice Girls like? Or did you not? You not with a bit like uh, <laughs> a bit annoying. like Bob Geldof? <laughs> Aren't they annoying? The Spice Girls. They're annoying to me. What? What are they meant to be like? Were they sound? Were they not not nice girls? I don't know. I didn't. You're in your shed. Them, really. <laughs> I know where uh, one of them said. Uh, like I had my my um, jazz math, jazz uh, Jaguar guitar, and one of them said to me, I can't remember which one it was. Said, "Oh, I've got one of them Stratocasters." Oh, oh God! Well, that was red rag to a bull. <laughs> <laughs> now I just said, "Oh, it's not a Stratocaster; it's a ja- Jaguar." Can't even remember myself now. So, who am I to talk? I don't know nothing. And then, um, um, and then the lightning seeds came along, and it wasn't even. The, the official anthem with uh, three lions. Oh yeah, well there's there's with loads better, wasn't it? <laughs> it's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming home, it's coming home. 
it was. Like, you know, it was loads better. It's a tune, to be fair, three lines. Yeah. You know, it's a good song as well. It's like, you know, besides it being a footy thing, it's still, you know. Yeah. Are you, are you better than World in Motion or whatever that other one, that rap one was that Barnsley did? What, the New Order one? Gotta hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way to beat them. Get round the back. Catch me if you can, cause I'm an England man. And what you're looking at is the master plan. We ain't no hooligans, it's ain't a football song. Three lions on my chest, you know I can't go wrong. There you go. Thank you very much. All right. Christ. I've never seen you um, sign, sign him up. Have well, you ever thought about taking up rap? Uh, me, I'm, I'm happy to... Co- <laughs> Have you ever thought about to- taking up rapping? Happy to collaborate with John Barnes if he's listening. Primark. <laughs> Clean up on our Now that was uh, uh, that was stunning. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that bit out. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. I'm not a big fan of football, so I wasn't really interested. I quite liked having a look at the World Cup so I could show show me dad basically, because he likes football and, yeah. and would beat anyone into a pulp that disagreed. So, you know, <laughs> everything was fine. <laughs> were you, um, were you, their fellow, their fellow scousers, right? Lightning Seeds. Yeah. Well, also, they, Ian Brody produced our first sort of couple of, you know, records kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Ian Brody produced you, right? Yeah, he's a good mate of ours, Brody. Like, you know, we get on with him dead good. Yeah, you that's know. not right. <laughs> so I haven't got anything funny to say about him, no, except I used to have a flat with him. I used to have a flat with him, right? And this will be in book two. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I used to have a flat with him, and he um, we'd be going out to town because we all every night we went out. You know, it was just what you did. You know, young lads on the on the Raz, and. Um, He'd be trying on every pair of kecks that he had before he it's like come on in, come like you know, and he'd be like, What do you think on these? Like, you know, and he'd be like, something hell, you know, it just took hours to get him out of the house with it, tried on every pair of pants that he had before he felt like, okay, let's go, you know. That's an interesting because it would usually be the it's the pants were almost secondary to me. It'd be the shirt. That's the thing I'd be swapping and trying well, on. Well, probably doing that. Probably a double whammy. Probably pants and shirt and jacket. Right, yeah. You know. Okay, and socks. You know. <laughs> right. Go okay. on, Johnny. Yeah. So move it, well, it was good on. fun having a flat with him. It was quite good. Yeah. yeah. Go, Johnny. So, moving on to your dream music festival. To begin with, we're going to need a name for it and a location. Or locations. Location, location, locations. Okay, it's called... Oh, do you want the location? Name name first, if that's all right. UFO Club in London. Wait, is this the, is this the name of the yeah, festival? Yeah, there's a club in London called the UFO. It's where Pink Floyd used to play. They were kind of like the house band. Yeah. Um, and it's UFO, not UFO. UFO. UFO Club. Is that somewhere you would have gone, or is it before your time? It's before my time, but I would have loved to have, been, you know, gone. It was in, you know, the Roundhouse in London. You had the Roundhouse. Oh yeah, house. in Camden. Yeah. Yeah, well, that that was where UFO was. What the same like, building, same venue? Like or... Adelic. 
you know, kind of freak out scene every every week. You know, amazing. And as and for the location of UFO, where are we where are we headed? Well, let's just put London. <laughs> oh, so it's there. <laughs> Why it's gonna gonna fly it off somewhere else? You can have it wherever you want. So is it? So is the festival called UFO Festival? No, it's called Triple X Exploding. Triple uh, X Plastic <laughs> Exploding Anom- Anomaly Fest. Right, I see. So the okay, location that is again. that you've. Right, I'll say okay. That again, for the benefit of the viewers. Go on. Triple XL Plastic Exploding Anomaly Fest. Plastic ex- Wow. Triple XL Plastic Exploding Anomaly Fest. Yeah. Fucking hell. Obvious, isn't it, really? So where's that name come from, Will? Well, we're going all over space-time continuum, aren't we? You know, it's an anomaly. God, get with the programme. You know, you're the one that invented this bloody thing. Like, what's the sodding... <laughs> Don't turn this you know, round on I'm not going to call it something normal like Will's Fest, am I? <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm travelling through space and time here. You know, <laughs> Doctor Who has got nothing on this, Daddy-o. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I have no more questions. That's, that's as good as an what explanation. About, if you want to know who the master of ceremonies is, because they've all got. I've got days. I've got name. Well, I've got. It's all under the one. Yeah, okay. it's a triple X. You see, a triple XL. You see, there's three of them. So this triple is the XL. first. So the first day uh, is is the, the UFO club in London. Yeah, but and the what? master of ceremonies is Andy Warhol. Ooh, amazing. Right? Have you ever seen Andy Warhol get interviewed? Yes. He never says anything. No. Hardly. <laughs> anyway, so he's got, so it says Andy Warhol who says nothing and just points at stuff or whispers to Edie Sedgwick about what's happening next. So Edie is the voice of Andy. Okay. Andy, oh, I must warn you, Andy won't say a word. Why? Um, he's not used to making really public appearances, so I think uh, he'll, he'll whisper answers to me if you ask him a question. If Can I listen while he whispers? Uh, I'll whisper to you. <laughs> Aren't you going to say one word, Andy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what, what's the rest of the day? So we've got Andy Warhol and Edie there. Yeah, he's like, he's like the, you know, the compare. He's the compare. Or, the, the, um, or Mick Jagger in uh, Flying Circus. Oh, that's terrible. Huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Oh, no, other than Dirty Mac. I like the Dirty Mac performance. No, I think the music's great, and Jethro Tull are amazing on that. Yeah. And I'm a tall but, fan. But Jagger yeah. hosting, you mean? Sorry. But, yeah, and when he's still, like talking to John Lennon, they're putting that fake American accent on. Hey, John. Mick and I have been performing together for years now. Oh, it's so nice to have really you back. And, uh, wonderful. I think we're going to sing your little song. Which, uh, it's yes, really I'm nice. Lonely, wanna die. Yes, I'm only one of those. Oh, God. Cringer armor. Uh, well, if, if you want an anti drugs advert, then uh, just watch yeah, that. Yeah, just that's no wonder these box, you know, filed it under, don't ever play it to anyone <laughs> for 50 years or whatever. So, I've, you know, I've got, do you want to know who's on me, little festival? Yeah. Do we need, John, do we want days of the week or because it's space and oh, time? Yeah, it's Monday. The... Obviously, it's Monday. Okay. Monday, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously. it's Monday. We're at the UFO Club. Andy Warhol. Who's he introducing for the crowd? The gathered crowd. Well, it's obviously David Bowie, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but it's the early days, David Bowie. 
It's like when he was like trying to be Anthony Newley or somebody, you know. So it's like uh, his songs like Love You Till Tuesday, uh, When I Live My Dream, London Boys. The bell strikes another night. Your eyes are heavy and your limbs all ache. You've bought some coffee, butter and bread. You can't make a thing because the meat is dead. You've moved away. Don't you folks, you're gonna stay away. Bright lights, Soho, Wardour Street. You hope you make friends with the guys that you meet. Somebody shows you round. Now you've met the London boys. Things seem good again. Someone cares about you. All that sort of stuff. And in, in between tracks, he's going to do his mime. Whoa. For the benefit of the listener, Will is uh, now doing a brilliant mime. <laughs> oh, that's great. What about uh, the laughing no? No. <laughs> we don't we don't want a laughing gnome. Although I have you know it's like got that little voice in the background where yeah, like, like, <laughs> yeah and all that. It's actually Bowie doing that. Because I've Is slowed it? it down. That's how sad I am. <laughs> I slowed it down on a tape recorder. And um you can hear him go, ho ho ho, that's a gnome in it, or something, or <laughs> no man's land or something like this. And it's it's just it's Funny. Haven't you got a gnome to go to? No, Didn't they teach you to get your hair cut at school? You look like a rolling gnome. Anyway, next one. Up next after Bowie, we've got obviously Pink Floyd, the house band. Yeah. But it's the early doors, Pink Floyd with Sid Barrett. With Sid, yeah, good. So, you know, doing like Arnold Lane and Interstellar Overdrive and all that sort of stuff. The first, basically off Piper at the Gates of Dawn kind of period. Incredible. Then we've got The Creation. Do you know them? I don't know them, no. They, they've got a, well, they've got a couple of LPs. Our music is red with purple flashes. Right. They were kind of like a mod band in a way, you know, a bit like The Who. And he used to play the guitar. He was the first one to play the guitar with a a, a violin bow. So he said, oh, wow. okay. it with this violin bow. And like, you know, before, before, um, Hendrix, uh, Jimmy and Page from Led Zeppelin used to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, and also, you know, have you uh, have you ever watched the Great Pottery Throwdown, Great British Pottery Throwdown show with that lad's always crying on it? Never seen that. <laughs> no, no, but I know. It's God, like who is it who loves? It's like Bake Off, uh, but pottery. One of my good mates loves it. Yeah, it's yeah. a good show. Like, and and the bloke that sort of you know hosts it or whatever. When they make these amazing pots, these you know, you know contestants, he'll start clock crying. It's quite good, you know. He's like crying he's, because it's so good, you know. He's like, Ooh, that's fantastic. Why does it make you cry? It was really, really hard. <laughs> it was such a dilemma. <laughs> it's really good. It moves me to tears a bit. I have to say, it's great. <laughs> Brilliant. But anyway, they use a creation. It's the first time I've ever heard anyone use the 
the creation as a backing as a they use creation as a, one of their uh, well it's the, the theme tune it's called making time From the 60s you know all generally all my stuff is 60s or 70s you know i can't be asked going beyond that i tried i did try i put 60s 70s and 80s i thought oh yeah i'll have to find some 80s bands i couldn't find any that i like <laughs> does that include yourselves well i wouldn't have put myself on that would be <laughs> self-promoting okay next on and these actually did play at the roundhouse and there's a great film called The Doors Are Open. It was on uh, Granada years ago. I remember seeing it on the telly. And um, they played at the Roundhouse. And, and um, yeah, so The Doors and the tune is When the Music's Over. When the music's over When the music's over Another first triple X day. That's a great uh, day. You've mentioned that you got to see Pink Floyd before, albeit in a queue for fish and chips. But uh, David Bowie and the Doors and the Creation, have you ever got to see no. those live before? I'm not that old. I'm, I'm old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> you know. My brother, my brother saw, um, went to see Tyrannosaurus Rex, you know, uh, Mark Boland before he became T Rex. Yeah. And Bowie was supporting, and Bowie was just doing mime. <laughs> it's like years ago, you know, when he was like 18 or something he, like that. Do you think he was supposed to be doing mime or he just decided on no, the day? Maybe he, he was a big fan of mime. That's why he's so good on stage. You know, that's why, you know, he does like loads of mime things, you know, with the skull and, you know, all that stuff. I'm surprised you're not more, you're not more active on stage. We've, we've seen your mime skills already today and like, they, they're up there with the best. <laughs> Now, it's like Marcel it. Marceau. Have you ever seen that film where? Have you? Ever seen, yeah, well, Marcel Marceau was his. Uh, I think Influence. that was his mate. You know, I think he taught him how to do all this stuff. Or, well, what film? Sorry, Will. Maybe it was somebody else. Anyway, um, yeah, there's a, there's a film of Bowie when he went to see Andy Warhol in uh, the factory, and it's filmed, and um, he's got dead long hair. You know, it's like really long hair, and and he does this thing where he like mimes that he's pulling, he's cutting himself open and pulling all his guts out, like as though it's rope coming out of his tummy. It's on the um, Ooh, it's on the web. internet, on the dark web. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not on the dark web. It's on the um, it's on the, it's on the light web. It's on the YouTube web. <laughs> it's on 
Have you oh, um, have, have you ever played with Bowie or anything? Have you ever have you ever encountered him? Yeah, yeah. We um, I've seen him live, and also we we did a tour where we played with them in uh, France, did six dates with them in France. And plus, he was on some festival as well. We were on some time when he did that Glass Spider tour. I think it was the Neuenberg Ring, you know, somewhere wow. in Germany. It was a massive festival, like 100,000 people or something. One of, one of the most famous covers of, of David Bowie is by Nirvana. Um, yeah. Do you... Do you was was is it true that Echo and the Bunnymen was a different option for? Uh, so I believe, yeah. I think it was to cover. Yeah, so I believe because um, I think um, there was some talk that he was going to do backup love. I'm on the chopping block, chopping up my stopping thoughts. Self doubt and selfism were the cheapest things I ever bought. And you said to love, to win the back of love. And you said to love, to win the back of love. When taking advantage of breaking the back of love. When taking advantage of. Chose, uh, you know, and it's all the world. But I, you know, I've only found that out lately. I've heard a rumor as well, um, something about a. Sorry, my nephew just walked past. Um, I've heard a rumor about a cardigan, certain cardigan that Kurt Cobain's wearing then as well. I don't know if I'd like to reveal this exclusive <laughs> or if that's in the book. It's up to you. I can edit it out, Will. I. But... Uh, um... Well, until we get the re- the results back from the lab, <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, keep that one under wraps for now. But okay. I think um, yeah, there is some talk of it. But it was on the telly. <laughs> like Bernie Connor said, it was my jumper, and I've had, you know, it's it's possible. It's possible. Okay. All all the things lead to the fact that it, it it was my jumper. All my leads, you know, that I've <laughs> explored. I haven't come to any dead ends, uh, but you know, I'll I'll probably stick it in in one of me several books. Yeah, all good bookshops. Yeah, in the anthology. Yeah, yeah, book number seven or something. Oh, well, we were sort of mates with Courtney, Courtney Love, and you know, she stayed in Liverpool uh, for a while, and she actually stayed in my ex girlfriend's house. For a while, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so it, you know it's possible. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave no more questions. We'll leave it. We'll let you carry on with the investigation. We don't yeah. want a lawsuit here. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I. I think it's good. It's just an interesting little funny story. I'm not after anything from it. You know, just <laughs> just the fact that you know it's an interesting. It's like a weird loop, almost. You know, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy if, if it's true. But um, right, what's the next day, Will? Is that a Tuesday or or just whenever? Well, the doors, the doors are played when the music's right, the, over. The, the next doors, day yeah. is uh, Tuesday, yeah, and the venue is the Cabaret Voltaire in Zurich. Wow! So we've moved because I, I like all that Dada stuff, you know, and that's where it started. You know, 
um, Hugo Ball and Tristan Zara and all these crazy artists who basically started modern art. Nobody, you know, mentions it, but they started, you know, that whole thing of like art can be anything. If I say it's art, it's art. Yeah. You know, you know, Tracy Emin and all them people, they say it's art because of these people in 1916 going, art doesn't have to be, you know, like a painting of a horse on a hillside or whatever, you know, it can be whatever you want it to be. Was um, how are we getting there? Are we going back in? Is there a time machine in play? Well, no, it's it's kind of we're going, we're shifting forward and backwards at the same time. <laughs> I told you it's an anomaly. <laughs> you know, look, I don't, I, I didn't make the rules. <laughs> you know, so, so it's um, so it's actually we're sort of drifting into the seventies but we're actually in Cabaret Voltaire in 1916, which is a small, tiny little place. So that's another good thing as well, because there won't be hardly any people there. <laughs> and a master of ceremonies new- is there Hugo Ball. Have you ever seen him? He's got like this weird cubist suit. I'll send you a picture. Who, Cannon and Ball? <laughs> <laughs> Hugo Ball. <laughs> Probably Bal. I don't know. Yeah, it was like a performance artist thing, you know, and all that stuff was invented then and sound art, performance art, cut-ups, collage kind of stuff. It just They just took everything. And it was all like a reaction to the First World War and the sort of horror of the me- mechanisation of being able to kill people with, like, machine guns and tanks and all that stuff. It was like, this is crazy. What, what are we doing? We've invented something here now that can kill people on an industrial scale. You know, rather yeah. than, you know, with, like a couple of years before, they'd have been on horseback with swords, you know. In fact, yeah. even on the first world, I, uh, people with swords and horseback and that, you know, f- running yeah, across the... Was, but... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a... They, these these were like radicals. They were, you know, dissidents, if you like. You know, they were the protesters, you know. Yeah. So... Do they influence your art? And like, because I... I know you do uh, you do art yourself as as well as the music. Is yeah. that like an influence on you? Yeah, yeah. I think the art art movement definitely. I think it's an influence on everybody. It's an influence on your hat. You know, people wouldn't be walking around with a polo <laughs> on a hat unless you, Hugo Ball had invented the Cabaret Voltaire and you know Dada. Hugo Cannon and Ball, yeah. <laughs> uh, so who uh, who Amazing. is Hugo Ball introducing at Triple XL Plastic oh. Exploding Anomaly Fest Tuesday? Okay, well the first one, the Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. I'm the urban spaceman, baby. I've got speed. I've got everything I need. I'm the urban spaceman, baby. I can fly. I'm a supersonic guy. Yeah, to them. They were a surrealist kind of. Yeah. They were kind of like a hippie. They were just weird. You know, they used to take all like 1920s and 30s songs, you know, and and they were a big festival favorite in the 70s, 60s, 70s. They're actually on, um, you know, Magical Mystery Tour, the film. Yeah. They're they're the band that's in the strip club. Yes. Yes. I think they played. Is it Death Cab for Cutie? That band took their name from them and. 
Yeah. They're, um, the singer was this bloke, Vivian Stanchel, and he, uh, he's just a dead eccentric, really interesting fella, you know, really interesting. And there's, there's some good documentaries on on the YouTube about him. On the light web. So, yeah, Bonzo Dog Doodah Band, My Pink Half of the Drain Pipe. Yo, I got a mountain plant will win a prize, won't that be nice? And by the way, how your wife, your holidays was spent in Spain, you went by train, you'll go again. I bet you, you could just be pranking us here. <laughs> no. It's about my, my pink half of the drain pipe. It's about these, like, you know, uh, arseholes <laughs> that like maybe have like a semi-detached house and they they'll only paint their pink their half they say the drain pipe goes down the middle of the two houses they'll only paint their half you know they're like little small-minded yeah. it's kind of like a thing like that you know so nice and uh who else who else oh, yeah. have you got? Uh, well you've heard of craft work haven't you yeah well they're yeah. first before they were sort of craftware, they were just called Ralph and Florian. There was just two of them. And they used to, um, yeah, they were experimental music, really, you know, electronic music. But they, they had guitars and they did all the bits and bobs and mainly keyboards. But they, they set up just two of them facing each other with, like, loads of keyboards and noise generators and all kinds of stuff. And um, I really love that concept of a band not having to be like a a drummer at the back and you know it just yeah. seems a bit like ordinary and that i love that there's a picture on their first record on the back and i really like that picture and they've got they've got the names in uh, neon and like these little sorts of boxes it's like art you know what, anyway so are they more sort of uh rocky like are they more no. just guitar than craft work no no it's not like that it's not it's not it's not still not based in rhythm and blues, if you like. It's it's uh, it's more experimental than that. It's kind of you know, um, it's still music. You know what I mean? It's not noise and messing yeah. around. Uh, so yeah, I'd love, love to have seen them at that stage. Who we got after them? Well, what? Uh, I've got uh, Roxy Music. You know, um, with when Eno was still in them. <laughs> saw rocky music back then and they were amazing and they were kind of you know it's difficult to look at them and you know for, for modern people to look at them and think well they're just another you know into glam rock but they weren't they were beyond all that like they had all the glittery clothes and you know wacky dress and it was just but but they were beyond they, they were like more intelligent more arty than any of the other stuff, you know. They were, um, and Brian Eno was, he was yeah. my big hero, like, you know, he, he used to play a tape recorder. He had a tape recorder at the back, and there was all sounds on it and stuff, and he had a keyboard with a joystick on it, you know, like a moog thing. 
on um, AMS synthesizer. Right. Is it? Is that how it's finishing that day? Roxy Music with Eno. No, we've got plenty more action going on. We've got Genesis. Peter Gabriel, early doors, you know, because I'm a prog rocker at heart, and I like my early Genesis. Really? You know, once Soft Ollies took over, I wasn't too fussed. Um, what's the name? Collins. Um, but I love, you know, the theatricalness of Peter Gabriel, and he did this thing where he used to wear, he used to come out and have like a dress on. This is way before Marilyn Manson, he was still in nappies. You know? So he'd have a dress on and a fox's head. I love all that stuff. You know, it was kind of dark and very English and very like Victorian, weird. Like them first few LPs, are, they've got this vibe to them. Like they were posh kids, you know what I mean? They were like far out toffs. But, you know, um, you know, I, I just really like that early Genesis stuff. So I thought I'll throw them on because I'd love to see them again. Like I did see them with Gabriel, but I'd love to see them again. Did Echo the Body Man never consider wearing uh, foxes' heads and the like? No, but I've, had a, I've been dressed as a fish <laughs> on a, a planet. I've not seen what? my fish outfit. Was that What's just for your own entertainment? This was uh, <laughs> showbiz. This was showbiz, you know, giving the kids what they wanted. <laughs> fish. The kids well, want Les fish. Was dressed, Les, our bass player, was dressed as a penguin. <laughs> Fair play. Echo it was, the a, it was a video man. that um you know, have you heard of Anton Corbin, the photographer, have you heard of yeah. him? Yeah, well yeah. he um he made uh he, he made, made the video. film control, didn't he? With uh the, the Curtis film. Yeah, he did that, yeah. 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 And uh he um well he used to take photo, you know, he used to take, take our photos and he did he did a video um for seven seas and dressed me as a silver fish. That's quite a good look. All anyone wants. Yeah, it was good luck at the time. Yeah. But... Yeah. Um, who have we got after Genesis? Oh, after Genesis. After Genesis, it's... Uh... Jenna Fish. <laughs> Jenna Fish, yeah. Jenna the Fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we've just got him, you know... Oh, I want him to do Supper's Ready, which is like 20-odd minutes long. So, you know, we've got to yeah. end that. What we got next? Okay, next is Wednesday. Ah, right. And this is this is quite an interesting one. This is um, well Wednesday, as you know, it's half day closing, isn't it? So we've got to um, make it quite short. You know, we've got to get down to the got to get down the wholesalers to get some more supplies. <laughs> so we've got uh, the venue is uh, KGB headquarters in Moscow, and the master of cer- right. ceremonies is Ivor Cutler. Have you heard of him? Good morning. How are you? Shut up. Don't give me the small talk, give me the big talk A million, million and six Oh, I love that big talk, give me some more Elephants, elephants, oh, I love that big talk, give me some more No, I hate to talk the big talk, I love to talk the small talk All right, go ahead 
heard the name. He, he's like a weird Scottish poet. He's, he's actually died now, but he was... Uh, oh! He did these, like, uh, very dour, kind of odd poems, sort of, yeah, really funny. Johnny, we had someone talk about Ivor Cutler recently. It was... Because uh, I remember look, on Sunday night when I was editing it, looking on YouTube and trying to find anything by him. And there was just... There was the odd thing with, like, 2,000 views or 30,000 views. And then I started looking at some of his stuff and, like... Uh, Oh, was it Mark Watson? Alex Horn? It was Alex Horn. Alex was Horn it? had Ivor Cutler. Oh, did he? Good lad. Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did, yeah. That's where I know the name from. As if Ivor yeah. Cutler has been chosen twice. Yeah. That's mad, yeah. He's been chosen twice by, well, by he, Will he's just, you can, Alex Horn. You could throw in one of his poems there, but he's, he's the master of ceremonies for me. And will he be will he be performing or will he just be introducing? Well, you, I don't see why you can't throw in. If you, if you can put music and stuff on stick an ivor on there you know bicarbonate of chicken it's always one of my favorites wait oh wait the town is shifting <laughs> it's all that chicken there ain't a human being inside man they're all gone digging into chicken wait that was significantly better than my john barnes rap <laughs> <laughs> well that, yes. how do you know because you don't you, you have never heard it it might be terrible well, it was okay Right. Should we move? I'm on? a massive, yeah. I'm a massive fan of John Barnes rapping and Ivor Cutler, and I, I can confirm that. Uh, Maybe you should do a mashup. Great. Both fantastic renditions, lads. Yeah. Sorry. Moving on. Okay. Well, you know, one of our big bands that we, we loved when we start were starting out was the Fall, and the song is "Stepping Out," uh, "Fiery Jack," and "Roche Rumble." Roche. Much. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We played with them. Like we, we were, we were, you know, when we were starting out, it was just me, Mac, and Les. We'd go and sit. Like Mac was sort of big mates with Marky e. Smith for a while, um, and then we we used to go and see him in Manchester and all that sort of stuff, and you know, travel around to go and see him a little bit, you know. Um, so they sort of knew us a bit, you know, not loads, but they knew us, you know. Um, um, what's he like? Because obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories about the fall, and there's obviously there's loads of there's different lineups and different. Yeah, uh, you know, was he was he always sound with you? Because just because of the stories you hear, he's a bit of a nightmare to be in a band with and stuff like that. But and there's story, you know, was he always kind of that that stereotype of Marky e. Smith sort of walking around with? With a plastic bag, <laughs> like he, yeah, he was like yeah, you know he was, you know, um, he played at the warehouse in Liverpool, and the whole gig, he had his back to the audience, <laughs> and and I'd like a plastic bag with a few cans in it, I was just like opening these cans and doing that, <laughs> you know, 
Good. So, I'm you know, glad. he was not unconventional, should we yeah. say. <laughs> you can take the man out of Salford, but you can't take the Salford out of <laughs> no, he, was, he, he was great, but he was, uh, he was quite funny, you know. Yeah, we, whenever he comes up on here, Johnny always brings up him doing the, the football, football scores. Barclays Premiership. Uh, Charlton Athletic, one. Manchester United, three. Chelsea, three. Newcastle United, nil. Oh, oh that was great, though. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Yeah. West Ham, two. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Cheers, mate. Very good. <laughs> Is it ending, or have we, we got more? Oh, you got more, yeah. There's loads. Good, 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 good. Well, two, more. Possibly, two more. Possibly follow the fall. Okay. Well, actually, three more. Uh, next, we've got obviously, you know, given the opportunity to bring a thing back, you know, with this space time continuum anomaly. I've gone for uh, Joy yep. Division. Uh, I saw these loads of times, and we've actually we played with them a few times as well, you know. And. Um, um, she's lost control is the track I'd like him to play You know, it's in the um, KGB headquarters in Moscow. I think it's on uh, what's the street? Lubyaya, Lubyana Street or something? Lubyana Street, Strasa or Prospect, probably. And um, so after seeing this, you know, Vladimir Putin is hanging around because, as he did, he was a KGB operative. And he sees Ian Curtis's dance. And so he's, the rest of the gig, he's, you know, he's doing Ian Curtis's dance. <laughs> Interspersed with high-kicking judo moves in the corner throughout the rest of the night. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, that is some wonderful imagery, the, the like of which we've never had on this podcast before. Uh, so, and I, do know, I do fear we might have... Uh, Nerve agents smeared on our door handles. <laughs> <laughs> what was he? What was he and Curtis like as a as a person? I, when you, I didn't know him, you know, really. Like I know the others more than I knew him. You know, he was very quiet. He's, you know, you do gigs with him, and they just he'd just be like gone his own somewhere quietly sitting about or whatever. You know, he wasn't very uh, gregarious or whatever. But Hockey and them lot and Barney were sound, you know, Bernard. I think he likes being called Barney. We did a tour with them with yeah. New Order in they, America. They are... That was really good. Wow. When was that? God, it was 80s, like like 88 or something like that. Quite late on. At any point did they mention that they wanted to collaborate with John Barnes? <laughs> no, they never mentioned that. They kept that <laughs> under their hat. Yeah. Shame, really. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably, probably worried that you might try and nab him first. <laughs> yeah. That'll be it. <laughs> 
<laughs> if we can't get Ivor Cutler, it's got to be Barnes. <laughs> and, who, and that's mentioned in my book as well, the first time I saw Joy Division. Is it? Yeah. Love the little plugs, Will. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> really subtle. I don't know, yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, it's my life story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, up until 1979. When's it out? Uh, 15th of July in this country. Boom. So it's later yeah. on in America. For all our uh, three American listeners. Uh... <laughs> oh, you'll have loads once this gets on the bunnymen.com. Following on, who gets to follow on from Joy Division then? Uh, well, we've got Devo. Oh, wow. Nice. I'm not a massive Devo fan, but I do that. I do like them, and I like uh, I like something with a bit of theatre involved in it. You know, probably comes from liking West Side Story and Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> you know, stuff like this. <laughs> um, but I do like a bit of theatre, like Bowie. You know, Bowie's theatrical. Devo were kind of theatrical. Uh, Genesis with Peter Gabriel was very theatrical. You know, Pink Floyd exploding planes and walls all over the place. So. Um, yeah, so Devo, Whip It. Do you know the song Whip It? Correct and whip. Give the massive slip. Step on the grid. Break your mama's back. When a problem comes along, you must whip it. Before the creep sets out too long, you must whip it. When something's going wrong, you must whip it. Now whip it. That's a real good twangy guitar bit in it. I first um, heard it from like like most sort of uh, popular culture references. I first heard that on The Simpsons when Smithers Smithers did like a, a cover of it. But um, who is it? Who's had to Devo before? The Orioles, that's it. A young band uh, called The Orioles, who are a very good band actually. Highly recommend. They've been on this podcast before. Uh, they're on Six Music quite a lot, but they. They picked uh, they picked Devo. So, well, when I, when I saw Devo or Eric's, they um, the singer Mark Mothersbaugh was um, sat on a cowboy saddle with little kiddies cowboy hat on, like you know, down 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 down. And he sat on this. <laughs> it, it was great. Like you know, it was like we you know in Eric's it was all punk rock <laughs> and stuff. So it was like this is something else. You know, this has gone you know, a bit different, you know, because, you know, normally it was just like, I don't know, leering kind of, you know, like Wire and Gang of Four and people like that or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I'd like yeah. I'd like to have Devo on playing Whip It. And then to end the whole thing, yeah. I've got, um, like, I, like, I really like the residents, you know, they were a sort of San Francisco art kind of ensemble really you know um, and they do this dead very strange music which I'm sure if you go away and start researching it you'll find it's quite disturbing and, um, but um, th- this one is quite normal in a way it's called Epilogue and I thought yeah we'll have an Epilogue yes.
the album Not Available, which was an album that they made years ago. And they weren't going to make it available until they'd forgotten they'd made it. That was the, that was the theory <laughs> behind it. But, you know, it did come out before they'd forgotten they'd made it. <laughs> Oh, thank God. <laughs> uh, but it's a great... How did you forget that? How'd you it's, forget? A, it's a dead strange atmosphere on it, you know. It's a funny album. Amazing. And they, they sing in, like, these weird voices. Can you replicate that? Um, <laughs> Here I come, Constantinople. Here I come, Constantinople. I am coming, Constantinople. Here I come. A bit like that. And if you if you actually if you actually slow their voices down, it's David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, Bowie, get it Sorry. right. <laughs> Bowie, and it, I know it's Bowie because I've heard him say, "My name's David Bowie, not David Bowie or Bowie, and all these other." It's Bowie. <laughs> Before we get into a fight over David Bowie, Bowie's name, Tommy, do you want to run through Will's festival in full? Well, like, do you want to hear my little, my little yeah. last bit at the end? Oh, sorry, sorry. And it's uh, oh, god, god. It's um, see you next year. <laughs> Mind how you go. There's a Bobby on the bridge. You don't get that, do you? It's like it's what people. Well, it's like there was just if, if you've been in the pub, basically watch out, otherwise you're gonna get pulled over for drinking and driving. There's a Bobby on the bridge. Don't get caught. <laughs> yeah. Tommy, do you want to run through Will's Festival in full? Fucking hell. Good. good <laughs> <way>. <laughs> what do you mean, fucking hell? <laughs> it's an amazing festival. It's just re- reading all this, reading all this back. Right. Okay. God, I hope I get this right. No, no pressure on me here. Okay. Will Sargent, your your fest is called. The Triple XL Plastic Exploding Anomaly Fest, Fest or Festival. It's a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday festival. Uh, the first night, Monday night, is at the UFO Club in London. The Master of Ceremonies is Andy Warhol. Um, we've got him. Uh, the voice of Andy is Edie. Can you say this for me, sorry? Edie Sedgwick. So, yeah, we've got... Uh, and also on that day, on the Monday, we've got David Bowie, and it's early Bowie, so we've got London Boys uh, and the like laughing and I'll put in there just because uh, my mum will like that. The house band is Pink Floyd because... <laughs> Even he doesn't like the laughing gnome. Have some respect for the dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, the house band is Pink Floyd because they were the house band uh, of the UFO Club in London. We've also got the creation, and I've got great pottery throwdown written down. And I now remember that is because the creation, one of their songs, is in it. And then we've got the doors, and they end the night with when the music's over. Tuesday is uh, Carabray Voltaire in Zurich, nineteen sixty in nineteen sixteen. Uh, the master of ceremonies is Hugo Ball uh, playing that day. We've got Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. My Pink Half of the Drain Pipe, Ralph and Florian, who are the early emancipation of Kraftwerk, Roxy Music with Eno, Genesis with Peter Gabriel. And yeah, that's what I've got. On Wednesday, it is half day closing day because it's Wednesday. Obviously, everyone knows that. It's at the KGB, uh, the KGB's gaff in Moscow. The, the Master of Ceremonies is Ivor Cutler. And also playing, we've got The Fall. We've got Joy Division there doing She's Lost Control. 
and Putin's dancing and doing karate kicks in the corner to that. We've got Devo doing whip it. And then closing up, we've got the residents with epilogue. See you next year. Bobby on the beat, don't get caught or something like that. Bobby on the bridge. <laughs> God. Will Sergeant, thank you for coming on your first. Thank you, Will. All right. <laughs> so all you need to do is put a bit of reverb on that, send it off to Mickey Most. <laughs> That was episode 41 of Your Fest with the fantastic, hilarious and brilliant Will Sargent and some incredible stories, some very weird choices of locations and a lot of great named and great bands for us, Tommy. Yeah, and I love how he just like drops in there, you know, oh yeah, I knew Ian Curtis, I knew Marky Smith. Um, he's really has seen it all. Oh, and Courtney Love, of course, mad. But yeah, he's a proper legend, a real funny bloke and a lovely guy, so... Yeah, big up and thank you, Will, for coming on the podcast. Like we say, he's got a book coming out on the 15th of July that you can pre-order now. You can follow him on Twitter at Will underscore Fuzz. You can follow Echo and the Bunnymen on Twitter at Bunnymen. You can follow me on Twitter, but not on Instagram at Johnny Gable. You can follow Your Fest on Twitter and Instagram at Your Fest Podcast. And you can follow Tommy on Twitter on Instagram at Tom Andrew Stew. And we'll also put a link to his GoFundMe to go and get a hair transplant in Turkey somewhere. But until then, we'll see you next week for episode 42 of Your Fest. We love you. Bye. Love you. Bye-bye.